Welcome to The Silent Lotus. I'm Sudithi. And I'm Suhita. We are two South Asian women who are very young and figuring out how to navigate the world. Join us on our journeys of tackling our health, self-care, and mustache hairs. A gentle reminder that we are not experts, just two young women hosting a podcast. We encourage you to seek out support from a trained health professional as needed. Welcome back to The Silent Lotus. Sudithi, what was your highlight of this week? Well... It has been a couple of weeks since we were last here uh, recording the podcast, and so to all our listeners, hi, we're back. We took a little hiatus because we wanted to just kind of, I don't know, recenter ourselves, make sure that the stuff that we were producing for you was like true to what we originally wanted. We're also just like college students who are trying to figure out, you know, how this podcast fits into our life, and um, we needed a little break for that. And I hope that's okay. And but we're back now. And in the yeah, in the are. time that in the time that we were gone, I did a fun thing. I okay. So the people probably haven't seen my face, or some of you. But I had balayage done on my hair about a year and a half ago, and then it was, like, kind of heavier balayage to the point where the ends of my hair were blonde, and it obviously has grown out a ton, so now the only, like, the bottom, like, four to five inches of my hair are blonde, but my roommate, my dear roommate who has purple hair, like, at the bottom of her hair, she's got black hair and then it fades into a purple, had purple hair dye last week, and was like, do you want to dye her purple? And very chaotically, on a Wednesday afternoon, I said, okay. And because I have this blonde hair, this dark purple hair dye really caught, and so now I have purple hair. It's not entirely purple hair, it is black that like fades into purple, but it is purple hair. My mom calls it my Halloween hair, and this is never something I thought I'd do ever in my life, but also when else would I do this, you know? This was like the perfect time in a pandemic when I'm in college to dye my hair a funky purple color and I'm obsessed with it and I think I'm going to keep it um for a little while and then chop it off but it also like strangely looks natural like I never thought purple hair could look natural but the color is such like a deep deep yes shade that it like blends into your hair really well so it doesn't look like Halloween hair no offense to your mother no no it Yeah, it, if anyone is like, you know, in the midst of a pandemic feeling like they want to do something crazy, this brand of hair dye is also excellent. It's like vegan, cruelty free, and they like donate half their, like a bunch of their profits to saving the Arctic foxes because the brand is called Arctic Fox. I will link it in the show notes. They have a range of colors and their website is really helpful. They'll tell you like, if your hair is this color, this is how the hair dye will show up. And that's really helpful. So because I ordered another... Yeah, and I ordered another batch of purple hair dye. Um, oh, you're because, wild. Yeah, I know. One of our I'm other friends recently it. dyed her hair blue, like the ends of it. Yeah. And again, it looks really natural. Maybe she used the same brand. I don't know, but it looks really I know. good. I support it. Dye your hair a fun color. What about you? I'm What's just your dyeing my hair brown today. That's fine. Oh, oh yeah, you are doing that. Yeah, I had a highlight of the week, and now it's slipping my mind. I guess in general, this week has been really nice and like relaxed like no exams but I guess like the highlights like yesterday I'm not usually a super spontaneous person (laughs) because I'm very very content with like sitting on the couch and like watching MasterChef um Mm -hmm. but yesterday I literally I walked out of class and I was in my friend's house walked out of class and all these people are like in the living room like in the hallway with the door open ready to leave to go to get dinner and like had random plans and they're just like come with us and I was like no and then, all, and then I randomly decided, like, as the Uber was approaching the house to run home, change clothes, grab my wallet, and go with them. And then that one bizarre, spontaneous decision just turned into an entire night of just shenanigans. 
That was really, really fun. So I guess like my thing is like, you know what? College is the time to do random spontaneous things, especially senior year. And I really hope I continue to do more random things, even if it's small, like going to dinner or like climbing on rooftops and things. Small things matter and it's good memories. Yes, very much. Yeah, I just have bruises from the climbing part of it. But it was worth it. (gasps) Oh my goodness. People on roofs in the wee hours of the night scare me deeply. Um, I, I was terrified live... in the moment. It's so scary. But also, I hope you were on a flat roof. I live across from a house with a slanted roof, and the females who live in the house behind me are frequently on the, on the slanted roof. And I don't think that they're always fully sober. And that scares yeah. me deeply. I don't trust Scares me deeply. Um, so, yeah, caution Be to safe. all. Be safe. Please, if you're going to climb Spontaneous, but safe. Yes. That's all. Yeah. Alrighty. So uh, let's jump into our questions. I think we have some interesting ones lined up for today. And I think they'll be particularly relevant to those of our listeners who are, you know, maybe a little younger, maybe uh, in high school or early college and trying to kind of like figure out your way. And so this first one is, how have you gone about finding the right role models in college or just in life in general? Yeah. So... This is obviously, like, a really important question. Um, And I think, like, at the end of the day, everyone needs a role model or several role models, just, like, people to look up to for life advice or to kind of see what your life could potentially be like or who you could be, you know? Like, those older people to idolize in a way, but not idolize, which I'll get into and explain what I mean by that. But I guess, like, in my life specifically, I think growing up, my only role model was honestly, like, my brother, because he's a few years older than me. I always considered him to be much smarter than I was, more accomplished, and all of those things. So it was a little bit of, like, him being my role model versus me being jealous and, like, needing to do better than him. Um, And I think slowly over time that's gone away. And obviously I still look up to my brother in so many ways, but definitely not career-wise and definitely not in a lot of ways because we're very different people now, and I realize that. Um, But I think when I got to college at my freshman year, I was one of those people that just happened to have a lot of older friends. And so I think a big part of having those older friends looking for role models in them is also this issue of because they're older, you kind of at least subconsciously seek their validation because you're this little freshman, you need to find a place at the school and these people are older than you, they found their place and like they can validate you, they can give you that like social standing or even just that feeling of comfort in that school, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, that's definitely a very valid point. That's something I also experienced, but I think I realized, and I think you're probably getting to this point in a second, it's just that, like, it's very nice to have someone to look up to in, in like, a very broad general sense of, like, oh, this person, she's really career-driven in this way. Mm-hmm. She's so ambitious. She's so, like, social, whatever. Like, broader general qualities, but I think, like, it when it gets sort of dangerous is when you start harping on like nitty gritty details of another person's life and being like I must have this exact specific thing in order to be happy and in order to be the version of myself that I want to be and I think that that I felt similarly like I was like oh my gosh this like little thing if I don't have this one little thing then I will not become this person Mm -hmm. that I want to be but it fades over time as you realize more and more who you want to be, the the relationship you have with these people who you like, who are your role models and stuff definitely evolves. I don't know if you found that to be the case. No, definitely. I think like one of the biggest things I needed to realize for myself is that there is no single person out there that I want to be. 
and that's normal. Right. Like that's not Besides possible yourself. to find someone like that, you know? No. And I think you just want to be the more... best version of you. Yeah, exactly. I think it's much, much more important to find multiple role models for different aspects of your life. And even then, mm. never getting into that nitty gritty, like I need this exact thing. But for example, you yeah. might find someone who you really admire the fact that they are incredibly kind and giving and you want to emulate that in your life. And you might find yeah. someone who has a career path that you think that you want and that's something that you can look up to them for. And you don't need yeah. to look up to every single part of a person to admire them, you know? But yeah. at the same time, I think, like, one of my biggest issues freshman year was, like, idolizing people. Like, I kind of just mentioned this before. We misused the word. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, I look at these upper class, but I'm like, oh, my God, they have everything. Like, I need to be like that. I want to have that, like, social life. I want to have those grades and, like, that career path and like, all of these things. But and then, and then, like, as I got older and I actually made more meaningful friendships with these older people and these friends who I still have today, you start to break down all those, like, walls that kind of are around people you just don't know as well and you realize like their life is not perfect it might seem perfect on the surface but like no one's perfect no one is nearly as happy or put together as you think they are even if they have a lot of qualities that you like in them and so you need to realize that like you're never going to find that person no and I think it's also really easy I remember I like felt two things I felt one thing that I found was like really perpetuating this feeling for me in early college was social media because mm-hmm. I like exactly yes, I definitely That's did have huge reasons I, of idolizing people yeah because you you I remember like in early college yes I was friends with older people as well but I it, I don't know you just like can't relate to them in the way that like you're a freshman they're a junior senior or something like that like you just don't have that same bond necessarily that you would like in a few years because you're in a very different headspace and so mm-hmm. when you have like slightly more tangential distant relationships with these people and then you start defaulting to social media to just like I don't know be like oh my god she's so cool in mm-hmm. xyz way or she has this and she has that and it, I, that is just so not accurate and like mm-hmm. really important to remember that like if you're entering a new space and also this is like I think very applicable probably later down the line like beyond college if you're looking for like a professional mentor I'd imagine that social media plays less of a role but you just see a very like curated perfect image of a person when you know them from the outside Mm -hmm. whether that be from social media or just like very tangential distant interactions with them and you gotta know that like it that is really just not the reality everyone is constantly figuring it out and everyone is constantly like looking at somebody else I think and for me I found as a young South Asian woman also in we go to a university that has like curated diversity pretty Mm -hmm. well but still by and large like most of the spaces that we're in are white dominated it was really important to me to like just just have someone in my life who was also South Asian, who's a South Asian woman, who I could um, just, it wasn't even like I wanted to like model myself after this person. It was just more so the idea that like, how do I phrase this? I found the transition to college to be hard and I wasn't very happy in the beginning. And I think I wanted this type of a person in my life to know that like there is a person in my life. She looks like me. She sees the world similarly to me and she has certain qualities that are very similar to me and she is happy. So if that is like, so it is possible to become this version of myself because she is that version of herself. And I think it was, it was less about like, 
I mean, this person, I'm referencing a very specific person in my mind, and she is, like, one of my best friends to this day, and I love her dearly. Um, but she and I are different in, 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 in many ways. Um, we don't have, like, the exact same career ambitions. We have some common interests and stuff like that. We're different people, but at the end of the day, I really, like, valued her presence initially in my life because I was, like, I... She became that version of herself and she's happy and she's like doing the thing and like that gives me like hope and motivation that like if I put in the work I can also become that version of myself um because I knew that I didn't exactly want to be her because we didn't have the exact same interests so it's just like a slightly different way of viewing role models and I think perhaps a a little bit of a healthier way that it just gives you some like I don't know encouragement motivation hope that like Mm -hmm if you even if you aren't like in the best of places right now because you're in a transitory period in your life and like it's hard to it's hard to know what you want it's not it's hard to know who you are it's hard to know who you want to be Mm -hmm. um people have figured it out and so you can figure it out too everyone is just a person you know everyone's human at the end of the day and everybody is facing similar challenges life is hard yeah i think this just reminded me of like two specific things that i wanted to mention where like one thing that i was just thinking about is like Another thing to keep in mind is that your role models don't have to be older than you, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about this, and, like, I have friends who are younger than me in our own year, you, for example, or, like, Mm -hmm. that I admire so, so deeply for, like, very specific qualities about you. It's not, like, obviously, I admire you in so many ways. Not because I want to be a doctor or, like, I want to be a (laughs) bioengineer. No, it's not about that, right? It's about personality traits. It's about qualities. Yes. And I think one of the people I admire the most in the world is my cousin, who's literally, like, nine days younger than me. But they don't mm, have to be older mm. than you. They don't have to be on the same life path as you. I think that goes into yeah. my second point, which is, like, I think when you're looking for role models, this ties back to what Sadithi was saying earlier um, in terms of those, like, nitpicky things. But I think on a broader note, like, when you're looking for role models, I think it's important to look for the less tangible things in a person, like those personality yes. traits, those qualities that got them to where they are as opposed to the specific events that happened to them or the specific I know like, things that they did because what are the odds that you're going to be able to do those exact same things given your life circumstances and theirs are going to be so yeah. different so if you look for the qualities if you look to emulate certain personality traits I think that's a much healthier way of still having things to look up to and people to admire mm-hmm. while not driving yourself crazy trying to be someone else yeah definitely it is yeah. so easy to get caught up on the superficial things exactly um but yeah, there's there's so much more that meets the eye. So, yeah. um, it, finding TLDR, finding a role model is incredibly important. But make sure that you are motivated to do so by the right reasons, and that you have these people in your life for the yes. right reasons. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, another. Do you want to ask this question? Yeah. Or should I? I guess this question actually kind of ties into what we were talking about in terms of like yeah. finding a role model and like figuring out like what yes. you're looking for on the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really mm. like this question. It's how did you decide what you really wanted to do with your life? Yeah. Yeah. What you're, a great question. <laughs> do you want to start with this one? Yeah. I feel like I had a very linear, sort of like iterated approach to figuring out what this was. Um, I. So how did this go for me? I knew that from like a fairly early age that like the idea of healthcare and working as a physician in like a very loose capacity interested me. Um, I 
honestly, at a young age, I don't know why I was drawn to it. I know that, like, I have my grandparents on my dad's side are nurses. Like, that is, was, like, a huge part of their life, and I was very close to them. And um, that, I think, inf- might have influenced me in some way or another, but that was just, like, generally what I thought I wanted to do growing up, and particularly in high school. I was like, I want to go into medicine. Um, I... And so having this loose idea was also important to me in terms of like making the decision of where to go to college. I could have probably ended up in the UK if I hadn't wanted to do medicine, but I was like, okay, no, I want to do this. Um, And so I decided to come to Penn. Um, But upon getting here is when, and I I made this decision to come to Penn thinking like, okay, yeah, I want to be a physician. But then I came here and I was hit with this wave of like confusion that I never expected to be confronted with um, because Penn is an incredibly pre-professional place and I went to high school in an environment that is not pre-professional in that mm-hmm. way. Um, I yeah I went to an international school abroad which is wonderful like I owe so much to that place and it's like an amazing place but it is just, it's just not a pre-professional place in that way and it's, I also lived in Switzerland it's a small insular environment it is absolutely not the U.S. in terms of going to high school here and like knowing what options are out there in terms of your career path like I and in high school I was very much like doctor lawyer engineer like those types of things I even though I was able to get work experience in high school I still wasn't really aware of like how much is out there within this within the healthcare space and then I got to Penn and a Penn is hard and and being and being pre-med at Penn from day one was so tough and I felt really unequipped for it and then I was like wait but this is hard but there are a bajillion other options is this really what I want to do even though it's so hard or like do I want to do something else and I kind of categorized my options. I was, like, firm on what I wanted my major to be because, yeah, I was, like, this is what I think is, like, the intersection of all the things that I find the most interesting. And I was, like, I want to be a bioengineering major. But even then, I was, like, there are different things that I could do. I could become a physician. I could go to medical school. Or I could do research because that's something I'd been doing throughout high school. And, like, go doing that and, like, working in academia was definitely an option. Also, there's just, like, straight up working in industry, working for a large company, working for a startup. And so then... For me, what really, really helped me make the decision was getting work experience in the areas that I was interested in. So I had had research experience before in high school. I liked it, but I didn't love it. It wasn't something that like excited me on an everyday basis, but overall I derived value from it. Like, oh, you're making a scientific contribution to the world. Like that is an, that's an incredible thing. Um, and so, and then I continued to like, and then I got, got more research experience like in early college and I've been doing that since. Um, and I was like, okay, I like this, but I don't love it. It doesn't make me excited to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. I also then sought out, this also wasn't entirely linear. I will say I didn't do this like one after the other, but I did each of these three things out at one point in time between freshman and sophomore year. Uh, The second thing was like trying out, working at like a startup, like working in industry in biotech. Worked at like a really small early stage company here in Philadelphia. Um, Again, liked it really found a lot of meaning from like the overall purpose of the work but the the physical act of going to work every day didn't excite me but what really really like the the type of work that captured both of those things was like doing clinical work um I just did like kind of clinical volunteering shadowing and that was the type of work where I was like I know this is important I know this is meaningful we are helping people 
get better but it was also like very fun to be on your feet all day to be talking to people um to just have like a really dynamic working Mm -hmm. environment and I think that once I realized that and once I realized like it is fun for me to get up every day and like to do this task and I'm so drawn to it by like the overall purpose of it um I think that's when I was like this is what I'm supposed to be doing this is like what I'm passionate about and so my biggest advice to anyone who is confused um I think that And especially if you're, like, in the kind of, like, STEM, healthcare, bio, medical space, just get work experience because Mm -hmm. the types of things that you could be doing are so vastly different in terms of what your day-to-day life looks like. And sometimes maybe you are the type of person who is really excited by, like, you just want to, like, sit at a computer and, like, grind grind your stuff out and, like, that is what you like to do. Great. If you like research and you like working with your hands but... And, like, you like that type of thing, great. Maybe that's for you. Or maybe you like clinical work. I just think that, long story short, getting work experience in these areas of interest is really, really, Mm -hmm. really important. I think, like, work experience will never, ever hurt you. It'll only help you. Because even if you end up hating the job and you feel like you haven't learned anything from it, what you have learned is that that's not the job for you, right? So there's always a benefit to any sort of work experience. And, like, everything you were just saying and this question, this reminds me of. So um, I was in an Uber last night on my way back to campus from, like, dinner downtown. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that the driver had this little, like, Morocco flag hanging. And I'd been to Morocco, Mm. like, a few years ago. So I was like, oh, like, you're from Morocco. Like, when did you move here? And, like, like, struck up a conversation with this driver, which is not something I normally do. But I was in a good mood. So I was like, (laughs) I'm going to talk to this guy. Um, This poor man is driving us all, like, and like at nighttime like I'm gonna I'm talk to him uh, and he was telling us like all about his family and his life and like his career back in Morocco versus here and like what his kids mm. wanted to do um, and he was asking us about our lives and what we wanted to do and he's like said this one line that just really stuck with me and it was like mm, a job can tell. pay the bills but a career yeah. can change your life wow and I just really loved this quote from my Uber driver Right? That's a, yeah, that's a great quote. Very simple, but like I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I guess like in general, I'd say like when I got to college, I genuinely just I had an idea of what I wanted to do, but it's nothing similar to what I'm doing now. Like my entire life, mm-hmm. I was I kind of I basically wanted to be a doctor. My mom's a doctor, so is the majority of my family. Like that was just always the expectation. Like me and my brother are gonna be doctors, which like he's literally doing now. So. And I'm, I'm the one that's not. It's a whole thing. Whatever. Um, but I got to college and I was like, I very much wanting to do law school. And that was simply because, like, in high school, um, going into high school, I was a very awkward kid. Hated public speaking. Didn't speak up in class. None of that. And so my brother convinced me to join the debate team as a way of forcing uh. myself out of my comfort zone. Um, and I hated it for the first few years, ended up getting really good at it by senior year. I also joined mock trial just for fun again and ended up loving it. And so those two things pushed me out of my comfort zone, like made me a much more confident person. And then they kind of made me want to do law school. So I get to college, I'm like, mm. okay, I'm going to be an econ major because I don't know what else I want to major in. It felt safe, whatever. To this day, I'm still graduating with a economics degree, even though I don't like economics at all. Wow. dislike the major I respect others who are interested in it it's just not for me but I will have a degree yeah. in it making it work it happens um and I think like I was just so confused all of college yeah. about like what I really wanted to do even to this day like so I recently signed like my full-time offer for like what I'm going to be doing post-grad and I had to be- do all these like placement interviews um so like yeah. once I signed the offer with the company I had to interview for different teams to figure out like what exactly I'd be doing 
and I remember talking to this like with one person on a team like the other day and she was like what do you really want to like get out of these first few years of work and I literally didn't have an answer because mm. even at this point like I know what I'm passionate about like I know what I care about but I still don't know what I see myself doing like as a career like you it's, know yeah and I think that's it's okay like, I think that's okay too I think that I think that I speak from a very different perspective here because what I want to do has a very prescribed path. Yeah. And I have no path. I don't know what the path is. I have to make yeah. it for myself in a way. And that's the thing. I'm sure there yeah. are people I can look up to as role models who have done something similar. But I still have not found one or even multiple people that I'm like, I think when it comes to a career, it's much easier to find a person that's like, I want to emulate that path. I haven't found that yeah. person yet. And that's why it's so difficult. Mm. But like when it comes down to that, right? So obviously like I came into college thinking I wanted to go to law school. And then what I did though, because I wasn't really sure about it and I knew that if I wanted to go to law school, I could major in anything and study anything. I took a lot of classes in a lot of different areas. Yeah, and I did it in a way that was filling my gen ed. So it wasn't just wasting credit. So I was like deliberate about it. But I highly yeah. recommend just, like, taking classes that are out of your comfort zone because mm. you never know what you're going to end up liking. Mm. Even if it's just yeah. a fun thing. Like, last semester, I took a creative writing class and an English cl- and a separate English class as well. Absolutely loved them. And that just showed me, like, yeah. I enjoy writing. I enjoy reading. And, like, it's just been so long since I did that. And the entire reason yeah. I got interested in, like, healthcare from a business standpoint in the first place was because sophomore fall, I needed to take an extra class. Sadithi was in a healthcare management class. And she was like, it sounds cool. You should take it. That class yeah. is the entire reason I like completely pivoted and decided I want to go into healthcare. It was mm. one class that I took by chance. Yeah. Right? It was like, also a brilliant class. Exactly. Yeah. We took a class about the Affordable Care Act by a guy who like literally wrote the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Wild. Brilliant. Zeke Emanuel, if, if there's any like healthcare people out there in the world. Zeke Emanuel is also very famous. But, he's, yeah. Um, he's a guy. Yeah. He's, a, he's a homie. Um, also, but, yeah, like wanted, the power of yeah. one class completely changing my yeah. career path. Like you never know what you're, what's going to happen. And like, that's OK to not have a specific path, I think. But again, like going into what Sadithi was saying, like that work experience, like even after college, I'm considering that a work experience. It's going to help me further define my path. And it's OK to not be on something that's pre-made for you. You'll figure it out. Just yeah. keep getting that experience and it'll all build on each other. I also want to make one last point about classes that also ties into the idea of role models. Mm -hmm. If you are in classes that have guest lectures, it is so easy to just be like, to like conk and like not pay attention. But I cannot encourage that more. Like pay attention to the people, even if, (laughs) let's be quite frank, sometimes you have lectures that don't like excite you the most. That is fine. But very often the and by and large, really, the people that come in and give you guest lectures are very, very impressive people. And that is something I noticed. Like, I had a similar experience to you, but on, like, a slightly different, like, level of order of magnitude in terms of a class changing sort of what I wanted my career trajectory to be a little bit. Um, in that I had a healthcare management class that I took last semester, and I had a lot of guest lecturers come in and speak who were researchers, who were MDs, or they had, like, master's degrees um like tacked onto their mds but they weren't md phds and they were doing really exciting research like clinical public health focused research and i was like this is so interesting and there was one person in particular who like really caught my attention i ended up emailing with him a little bit but Mm -hmm. like wasn't able to really have a conversation with him because like he's a physician it was like peak pandemic in april um but then that just kind of got me started on a line of thinking of like what if i want to tack on an extra degree to to my md 
and that has like totally changed the course of like yeah. what I'll be doing and hopefully be doing in my gap year next year and like what I see myself doing like once I'm a practicing physician even if so I want to say that like even if you are someone who wants to be a doctor or a lawyer something like that like a path that requires a lot of further education and a path which is generally very prescribed there is still ways to make yourself stand out and there are still there mm-hmm. and and to figure that out you often have to look at people who are like much older than you people who you probably don't see yourself in and people who probably you probably think aren't the right role models for you but there are still lessons to be learned from them and I think once you take that perspective, like, be curious and, like, ask questions. Um, to be, It's also just, like, a very valuable resource to have these guest lectures in your classes, so don't take that for granted. Um, and so, yeah, I think in summary, because I like to summarize things, like, get work experience in different areas, really, that's so valuable. And it's always something that you can just, like, if you're trying to be very, like, practical about it, it'll always be, like, an extra line on your resume. It'll yeah. always be something that, like, makes you look good. And it'll be something to talk about with you in an interview, whether it was beneficial or not. That's There's still a story there. Take classes in a broad, in a, in a variety of subject matters and pay attention to guest lecturers and, like, mm-hmm. those the resources that they offer. And, like, be inquisitive and be curious because you'll often find, like, you'll like be very surprised I think when you least expect it Um, I think like my bottom line advice would be like you need to find something that gets you excited to show up every day like yes the only every single day yeah the only reason I'm okay with not knowing exactly what I want to do like career path wise is because I know I found an industry that makes me excited that makes me passionate that I want to do something in so I'll mm-hmm. figure it out because I have this passion, you know? And so that's the mm-hmm. bottom line. Yeah. If you don't enjoy mm-hmm. the process, it's probably not the field for you is my yes. last piece of advice. Very, very true. Yeah. Wonderful. Should so we, we move on to our last there. question? Yeah. This is a nice, simple, um, fun one if anyone was curious. I know. I know. This is just a, like, a, like a nice little thing to wrap, wrap this episode up. So, uh, Suita, what has been your favorite thing to cook lately? So... I'm a huge fall gal. I think last episode we talked about all things fall and like Halloween and everything. Mm-hmm. So I've, mm-hmm. um, Suliti was kind enough to get me pumpkin puree from Aldi. Yes. Because they don't sell it on Amazon Fresh, which has been my primary means of groceries lately. Mm. It's very easy, very convenient. But so with this pumpkin puree, I've been making pumpkin chocolate chip cookies, pumpkin chocolate chip They're muffins. So good. And then They're this so week good. I made pumpkin pasta. I didn't know what to expect, but it honestly came out, like, so good. I also just put, like, a ridiculous amount of Parmesan in it. So it was just super cheesy and creamy and, like, oh, it was really good. And then on top of that, I've been experimenting with making, like, Indian food. Like, from, like, so calling my mom for recipes. Oh, recipes. We don't use recipes. But, like, calling my mom for so she can tell me what to do. Nothing comes out right. It's, like, never the same as what my mom makes. But it's not bad. So if anyone yeah. has any tips on how to actually get better at cooking your parents' food, <laughs> I'd appreciate it. I'm really struggling, and I just miss home food, but I'm also not going to go home anytime soon. So, and there's no good, there's not really much good South Indian food in this city. So I let know. me know. What about you? I, yeah, I've been doing, okay, the general theme of my cooking lately has been being a little bit more like intuitive and freeform with it. Mm-hmm. When school was like in full swing, I was like a huge meal prepper and I would like have recipes. I would like every week grocery shop, make sure I had the right amount of ingredients, cook by the recipe, and then like have those things like 
you know, meal prepped out. It was a very, like, formulaic approach to cooking. But now, given that, like, I'm home all the time, I don't need to be meal prepping in, like, a very regular, yeah. regimented way. That also has just, like, changed my mindset towards cooking in general, where I, I feel like I'm becoming my mother more, where it's, like, she just kind of, like, cooks, and she'll just, like, cook whatever mm-hmm. comes to mind, and she's, like, very, you know, like, intuitive with her use of spices and things like that. Um, so I've done a couple of things kind of along that vein. Uh, The first very brief thing is that last week I made um, chana or chole um, with my mom's help like over FaceTime and I made fresh naan and oh my goodness that recipe is oh god it's so good it's so so good. So that has been like I think the best tasting one of the best tasting things I've made lately Um, and to answer your question about like spices and stuff Mm -hmm. I did that with my mom on FaceTime. I was like mom this Chana is too gingery. What should I add to fix it? And she said, add some more garam masala. So those are the questions you gotta ask. Like, if it tastes like too much of one thing, what should I add to fix it? Because then that'll like, then you'll yeah. know like if it's too spicy or acidic, add this to correct it, and then that'll translate into other recipes. So okay. yeah, that's my little tip. Yeah. Tip with that, yes. Um, the other thing along the line of like riffy fun cooking was. I bought some really beautiful fresh tomatoes from a farmer's market near me, and I was like, I'm going to make a sauce out of it. And I had no recipe, nothing in mind, but I did, like, garlic, shallot, onion, sautéed those with some olive oil, added tomatoes, let them cook down, added some more canned, like, diced tomatoes from a can, some red red wine vinegar, a little bit of sugar... And, oh my gosh, the key to this sauce was a little bit of pasta water and some butter. And it was, and then I had some, like, fresh ravioli that I bought, like, fresh handmade pasta from the farmer's market. And, like, that tasted like a restaurant-quality meal. And that was just because I was, like, just, like, throwing things in a pan. And I'm, I... I'm incredibly proud of that. I think I'm going to make it again today. Oh, my God. And then... We always talk about food on our episodes. I know. And we always record, like, late morning before I've eaten anything. I'm also hungry. I'm so hungry. I I think it's every episode because we always talk about food. Okay. I'm so hungry. Continue. I think those are are my two main things. Another quick thing I, like, realized, like, this is, like, the quickest of things black beans taco seasoning and some water throw it in your instant pot and you have like the quickest version of like refried beans and air quotes and then with some rice and then like i don't know tortilla or tortilla chips or like different toppings you get like so many meal permutations out of that and so if you're looking for like an easy college thing to cook rice and beans Mm -hmm. and then you can get whatever toppings you want i have been slowly starting to use my instant pot more and i really enjoy Mm. it lots of options i I made dal in the instant pot. that's wonderful it was great that was the most simple indian food i could possibly make it worked that that's that's what i can do so far that sounds delicious making progress now i'm hungry now i think we need to stop recording so i can go eat breakfast (laughs) um well thank you guys so much for listening um, we hope this episode was worth it after three weeks of waiting. Yeah. I'm picturing We're people so happy like, to be back. just sitting there waiting for our episode to come out, even though I know that's not the case, but I like to think it no. is. No. <laughs> I know, me too. I'm happy to be recording again. This was very nice. Yeah. Um, as always, please submit your questions. We loved the ones today, I think, especially. Uh, yeah, so submit wonderful. those questions leave us a review on apple Podcasts. keep listening always send us suggestions i think we're editing our google forms to add a section for just like comments and general feedback yeah. so it's not just asking for questions always happy to hear that 
Yeah. Yeah, man. And also, just like a note to our listeners, we're going to be sticking to a bi-weekly posting schedule of, like, sharing episodes from here on out. So just, so just, like, you know, what you, if you, like, if you want to know what to expect in the coming weeks from us, um, that's what you will see. And otherwise, have a wonderful day, have a wonderful weekend, and we will talk to you guys soon. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Silent Lotus. Stay in touch with us on Instagram or Twitter at Silent Lotus Pod and submit your questions on our website at silentlotuspod.com. Your question might be featured in a future episode. We'd also love to see you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and perhaps share this episode with a friend. Thanks and see you next week.